Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j, and here I am on this wonderful Tuesday evening uh, recording another uh, podcast with uh, someone from Germany, and uh, that's uh, Irina Feuerstein from Prodina. Hi, Irina. Hello, Rick. Nice to meet you today evening. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Thank you for uh, coming online. It's always nice when people, you know, don't mind uh, spending their evening with me on a, on a Skype call. Uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Fantastic. Um, Irina, why don't you um, introduce yourself to, to our podcast listeners? I know you've been working for Prodino. That's a Neo4j partner in Germany and, and elsewhere in Europe, actually. Uh, but you've been working for them for some time and involved in graphs, right? Um, yeah, so I'm a software engineer at Prodina. You have already had a, a podcast uh, series with uh, Darko Krizic, uh, who is our uh, CTO. Uh, so so yeah. for, for everyone who wants to know more what Prodina is doing with graphs, you can also check this uh, episode. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm working for Prodina since five years uh, and uh, uh, since about four years I'm uh, also working with Neo4j and uh, especially the last two years were very intensively in production projects. Um, um, yeah, that's it about me. <laughs> wow. And what, what kinds of projects have you been working on? You know, what's, uh, how did you get into graphs and what, what, what's the story there? So there are uh, um, two, two points from which I came to the graphs. The one is uh, um, my studies in mathematics, uh, which has just completed last year, and uh, my specialization was graph theory. Um, but it was also it was very interesting, but also very theoretical. Uh, on the other side, uh, I started uh, um, working with Neo4j and find it really cool that uh, yeah that I can use the theoretical knowledge also in the practice. Um, um, currently, I'm working in a big project uh, using Neo4j for uh, um, as a knowledge graph. Um, we are trying to implement semantic search uh, on the basis of a big, huge amount of documents, uh, technical documentation, research papers, and different, uh, yeah, really, really big amount of documents uh, to. Uh, to make a better search and also to rank better the the results for the users. Wow, that that, that sounds exciting! It's like a, a knowledge graph application that, that yeah, you're that's making, right. right? Yeah, fantastic. And then you just graduated um, in graph theory. Uh, you know, congratulations, by the way. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been quite uh, quite ambitious as well. Oh yeah, that's right. It, it was my uh, bachelor degree, and um, I'm thinking about to start a master uh, of science in mathematics, also with a specialization in graph theory too. So don't tell me that you're addicted. <laughs> I'll, to graphs. I'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> you're addicted to graphs now, Irina. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> very, very cool. Excellent. All right. Well, um, and I heard that you you did a that you did a talk at uh, at a conference recently. Uh, about uh, you know German regulations and stuff like that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Um, yes, that's right. So I have uh, I took part at the Java Land. It's a conference. It's quite a big uh, conference in Germany, uh, organized by the Java user communities. And uh, um, I was talking about uh, the usage and and data uh, and analytics with graphs. So how can you analyze your data? How can you manage your data with graphs? And um, the idea was to find some use case which not so obvious, which not uh, so. Uh, um, so there are some use cases which are about about paths, about relationships. But if you are thinking about regulations and about laws at the first moment, nobody is thinking about graphs. But you can still do such cool things and uh, um, also semantic search. Find similar documents just by uh, comparing the. Um, the norms or keywords, um, the sets of keywords which they are using, and uh, um, so the content, the use, the the, the graph uh, which I used for demonstration um, contains uh, German laws uh, connected between them, and also some uh, verdicts and judgments from German cards, cards which are uh, available uh, publicly. And um, I just extracted the mentions of the um, norms in those documents and connected them to the norms uh, already imported in the graph. And uh, then uh, I was able to find similar documents, to find uh, uh, norms which are used uh, more frequently together um, and do a lot of other cool stuff here. So uh, graphs uh, can be used um, really in a lot, a lot of use cases and not only in the obvious ones. That sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. I mean, we've had quite a few people, you know, talking about, you know, laws and and legislation, but also verdicts, you know, because they always reference one another, right? They reference uh, a legal document is typically a very much interlinked document uh, that that references a lot of, it's like an academic paper almost, right? Where you have these references uh, all over, right? Exactly, and you can use you can use graph algorithm like PageRank, for example, to find the more meaningful documents or the more important or somehow central uh, norms of uh, of or regulations. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so. So maybe we can put some links to that uh, talk and, and, and your presentation uh, in the transcription of the podcast later on for our for our listeners. But maybe I can ask you, um, uh, you know, the most important question, really, why? <laughs> Why did you get into this, uh, Irina? And what what attracts you to uh, to graphs? You know, what's what what's your uh, your your uh, summary there? Quite quite often at, at uh, conferences or meetups, which I'm also attending a lot, uh, um, um, rather another participants are asking me. So please tell me which is the use case uh, when you know. So here you need the graph. Um, and I say it's it's more easy me, it's easier to me uh, to tell you which use case it's not suitable for graphs because uh, there are so many and uh, graphs graphs are about optimizations tasks they are about planning about paths and relationships about reasoning uh, uh, in the graphs so uh, there are really a lot of use cases uh, which can be modeled and made be. Uh, 
they can be made more easy and uh, um, not so complex. So um, that's also the work of uh, almost everyone mathematician or math mathematical practitioner to lose uh, to, to solve some problem uh, uh, from a real life, from the real world, which is very complicated. And all they are trying is to somehow model this world in a formula to find a solution and uh, uh, this model modeling is getting easier if you can use graphs fantastic you know i couldn't agree more but you you raised an interesting point there you know where, where would you not use a graph have you have you have you given that more thought um so I probably want to use a, a graph database uh, for saving, um, I don't know, big binary data like images. So I, if I have really a lot of images, I'm, I just save, uh, persist them in some, maybe in S3 storage. I can link them in a, a graph database to, with some keywords to quickly find them again. Um, that is actually something we are quite often doing in our projects, linking some PDFs, documents, some images in the graph to f in order to find them quickly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but but also uh, I want also uh, save these images in a relational database. That's also something exactly. uh, yeah. uh, which is not suitable for that. So uh, actually every use case you can solve with a relational database is also solvable by the graph database. Yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I actually had the conversation today with a with a user about this uh, myself, and the way I always think about it is, you know, if you if you have a very very rare case where you don't have connections, right, where you don't have relationships, where your entities are just, you know, on their own, then yeah, why would you use a graph, right? If it's not connected, then that, that will be stupid. But that's so rare, right? Yeah, yeah, that's difficult to find an example for that. It's very difficult to find it. I mean, the closest thing, I guess, is things like time series data, you know, but then, then even then, you know, a timestamp or a log entry is related to something, right? It's uh, Yeah, it, it, even then they are related between them because uh, events are happening uh, during the time because some, some other event happened beforehand. So even then you can use a lot of graph algorithms for your problems so damn it they are, they are everywhere yeah that's right <laughs> absolutely all right well Irina why don't we talk a little bit about the future you know what what, what, what does that hold for for you uh, at Prodina but maybe also you know uh, for your studies you know what what, what what where do you see this uh, wonderful world of graphs going uh, for our industry maybe even um so if we, if we take a look in the past, the graph theory um, erased um, for about 300 years ago, um, uh, probably founded by uh, Leonard Euler with his seven bridges problem. Um, and uh, in the math history relations, it's uh, quite a short term because, uh, you know, mathematicians uh, um, it took more than 300 years to solve the Fermat theorem, so 300 years, it's not, not much. Yes, yes. <laughs> but in the relations of our uh, 21st century digital 
revolution, it's it's an epoch. It's a lot of time. So the first graph algorithms were developed before the computers came into our, our life. And uh, um, but for quite a long time, graph theory was a theoretical mathematical uh, studies and uh, field which uh, um, yeah. So the the people who studied computer science, they knew, yes, you can use uh, graphs to solve some kind of problems, but uh, nobody in the industry was really using them. And uh, Neo4j introduced, uh, um, with the database Neo4j, um, you brought graphs to a broad audience and, and made them tractable in a software practice. And uh, um, that's something very great and now uh, I think in the future it will uh, so both the theory and the um, the industry will uh, profit from each other uh, because now um, you have those theoretical problems like uh, the minimum cut problem uh, which is which is now a problem of the industry you have you want to partition your graphs because you have a lot of data and it has to be made quickly and i think that would be uh, also a big push for the research for the theoretical research to find uh, to to define even more even even better algorithms to make them even quicker and uh, more robust and more uh, more simply also more intuitive uh, um, yeah, and for the industry, they uh, we have uh, still a lot, a lot of theory which can be implemented and used for the everyday problems. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I love that summary. Actually, you know, this is it's the commoditization of graphs that's going to accelerate us. Actually, right? We we we're just yeah. at the beginning here, right? And, that's uh, right. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a great place to uh, to to end our recording. I, I want to thank you one more time, Irina. It was a uh, great chatting with you, and I uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing some more of your uh, of your work and of your uh, your your presentations and your your uh, your studies, maybe even you know. Uh, and uh, and then um, I'm no doubt we'll uh, we'll meet again in this bright graphy future of ours. Thank you very much, Rick. <laughs> it was great having you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.